Good morning. How's everyone doing? Happy Monday. Start of the week. Who do we got in here? Start of the week, we got William Shelby the fourth morning. What's up? I don't think I've seen you first in the YouTube chat, William. Thanks for thanks for tuning in and hanging out with us. I appreciate it. Alec, Kyle, Josh, Troy, Norm, King Leo, Abe, Sean McLaughlin, Scott. What's up? We got not Mr. Moon on Periscope. He got me this hat. Kyle. Oh, not Mr. Moon. Did you move into the house today? Were you buying a house or were you selling a house? Not Mr. Moon closed on his first house last week. So we're all, as a community, excited for him. In Facebook, we got Henrique from Brazil. How about that? We got Ryan House from Kearney, Montana or Missouri. I always get that mixed up. Chris Brown. Go Angels. How about that? How about that? Jimmy Riddle and Periscope. Morning, everyone. Hope you're not as sunburnt as me. My skin hurts. Thought I was being good, but I wasn't. You can see where I put suntan lotion on my arm and where I didn't. So, not Mr. Moon is watching from the new digs. Hell yeah. Closed on Friday. Settled in, got internet and cable on Monday, or is just streaming this on his uh, iPhone or phone or whatever. Cool. Little Delta Spirit is the the band. Delta Spirit got super popular. Uh, well, I like Delta Spirit, but they had the Friday the the closing song to Friday Night Lights, the series. Pretty huge get to be the closing song of the show. You Google like end montage. Delta Spirit. The song is actually them singing the Irish prayer. May the wind always be at your back and the sun on your face and all that shit. Anyway. Boom. That's the end of the song. We got a uh, like an exciting short week ahead of us. I will be taking Thursday and Friday off. So this is only a three show week. Uh, because baseball's a 10-week season. So, John Boy Media's got 10 weeks to get after it. So I'm going to take a couple days before spring training really starts. And then uh, we'll strap in. Jake and I had a big meeting the other day about ideas, things we want to do, don't want to do, how we're going to tackle the season, some stuff that we're really excited about. So, that's cool. So, that's cool. We're getting going. Uh, today, on... Uh, RGB transition still up. We got today's shows. We got talking baseball. We had Dale Scott, everyone's favorite ex umpire, retired umpire, on the show. He came on. He came once already. People loved it. People always say it's a top interview. So we had him back on for Pride Month because Dale Scott was the first openly gay umpire in uh, Major League Baseball. And we, I mean, first we just asked a bunch more questions about just being an ump in general. Like, did he, how did he develop his strike three call? Did it start that way? Or did he slowly start changing it? Did he have, the, was that his, like, you know, did he practice in the mirror, stuff like that? That was a fun question. And then we talked about being uh, a gay man in Major League Baseball. You know, he, it was it's really interesting, so I don't want to take away from the interview because it's his story, but he shared some stories about when he, find, he was, he was his, his colleagues knew he was gay, but he wasn't out to the public. Major League Baseball knew he was gay, they had his husband as a, a official 
spouse for insurance reasons and all that. But he, when he came out to the public, it was a big deal. And he, he dropped some some names that you guys will know in baseball that came up to him and, and, and said really nice things or or some ec- other umpires that, um, you know, there's one umpire that I think has a reputation for being a hard ass and you would not expect him to be the one that gets the really great story with, with Dale Scott. So I don't want to spoil any of that because I do think it's a really good episode and worth listening to. So go check it out on Talking Baseball. Talking Sports with Jake, Bobby, and Keith dropped, and I have not had the opportunity to ask them what they were discussing, but let's see if they put it into the... Sports might be back. The guys debate Allen Iverson versus Ray Allen and do the fourth-round pick in the draft. AI versus Ray Allen. How about that? Uh, talking Knicks is out today. They, the Knicks say they have 12 head coaching candidates, so I believe the Talking Knicks crew went through all of them. So if you're a Knicks fan, go check out that out. And then John Boy and Jake TV, we have an episode of Watching Baggage Up, a girl that kind of looks like Emmy Rosam, who I've always had a crush on, so then I had a crush on her, so I fell in love. And then pff, disappointing ending, I'll tell you that much. So that's everything that's coming out on John Boy Media's platform today. Let's get into the weather. The weather on Fisher's Island in New York is 74 degrees and sunny. Not a cloud in the sky. You guys ever hear of Fisher's Island? Because it's kind of cool, kind of weird. Fisher's Island's in the Long Island Sound, but is that like the mouth of the Long Island Sound? So if you're looking at the screen here, you got Montauk. Everyone knows that. It's north of that. It's really just south of uh, New London, Connecticut. It should belong to Connecticut, but I believe I read that the Duke of York or whatever back in the 1500s, no, back in like 1800s, he was mad at Connecticut because there were some traitors that voted against the King of England or, or led it a rebellion against the King of in- England, and Connecticut hid those traitors and said, we're not going to give them up. We're, not, we're protecting them, whatever. And uh, so the Duke of York didn't like Connecticut for that. So at one point, he just straight up said, any island in the Sound belongs to New York and not to Connecticut. Because, like, look... Look at this island. It's it's right off the coast of Connecticut. It could have been Rhode Island, too. Rhode Island, those fucking thieves stealing everyone's beaches, just stealing all the money. But anyway, so that guy hated Connecticut because Connecticut hid the people that outed the king. Some that's a very butchered version of the story, but it's got it's got some it's got all the facts you need. So this island, the only way for cops to get to this island for New York state troopers to get to Fisher's Island, which is a New York Island, they have to go to Connecticut and go to New London and take a ferry, which is silly. So like they have to, so like how do you even employ those cops for New York state? I guess you just live in Connecticut, but you work for New York state or you live on the Island. Like 300 people live on the Island. Pretty crazy. There was some weird history. In the Revolutionary War, the British raided this island nonstop. The guy invented some crazy farming techniques to uh, plant shit on the island back in like the 1500s. And the British raided it in the 1700s, burned it nonstop. 
hurricanes have torn it apart over and over again to the point where at one point they said it looked like Ireland, just nothing but moors and green land because all the trees had just been wiped to shit. So an island. There's this really cool spot I found from a drone footage, and then I mapped it up. Let it be known, I wouldn't enjoy this island because the the Long Island sign has no waves, and the beaches are kind of not beachy, and everyone has their own private beach, and I like people watching at the beach, but, you know, some people may love this island. So check this, check this out. There's this here. Like, look at this. Look at this house. Probably a mansion. And they have all this green space. That's cool. And then there's this little sandbar that floats over here to another little island that I guess no one lives on. And then you see these pile of rocks right here? For people that are just listening on the app, it's audio only, which grows more and more. The The chart of people listening on just the audio app grows a lot. See this little, it's just, it looks in the satellite like just a pile of white rocks in the middle of the water. But you can see some wood here, 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 flag right there. Well, this, my friends, is probably the coolest place in the world if you're 11 years old, 14 and under, and you vacation on Fisher's Island. Here's what it looks like. There's a drone footage from 2017 flying over that pile of rocks we just looked at. And there's people there. I don't know how they got there because there's no boat docked anywhere. So did they walk and then swim or do they get dropped off and then picked up? I'm not sure. We'll speed it up a little. Just looks like a pile of rocks and then you get closer. Look how badass this is. You got stairs. Like, I know as an adult this may not seem cool, but picture yourself being a little kid. Climb up the rocks, and you got, like, wooden planks that probably are wobbly. You climb up those. There's some stairs. There's a dock. Here's a great shot of it. It's like a little, like, shipwreck pirate hangout. Looks like there's a family there now. Like, old-ass ladder. Some dock that's put together, pirate flag, of course. And then on the right side, over here, you got, like, a plank. Like, the dad is here, and he's walking on a plank of wood to get to this area where they jump into the water. So I don't know if they have a name for this. I don't know if it's part of the Harbor Club, because when you go to here... When you go do, 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 when you go to the map, where were we? So that's the island right there where we were just looking at, and this is the Harbor Club. So maybe it's part of the Harbor Club and they bring people over there. Or I don't know where else you'd come because there's no boat, so I don't know how they got there. All I know is if I was 14 and under and you took me to that place, I'd think it was the most badass place in the world. Just a little rock island with wood all over it, Planks. Looks great. Uh, anything else about Fisher Island? Gets to like 3,000 people in the summer, they said. Oh, a, uh, a massive sea turtle washed ashore and died. And it the picture is disgusting. 
a leatherback turtle. If you don't like pictures of dead turtles that have decomposed over time, don't look at the screen because it's gross looking. It's huge. Leatherback turtle. Gross. This is from 2013. Washed ashore. Imagine finding that on the on the shore. It's crazy. It's nuts. All right, we're going to get that off the screen. What's the chat saying? Curious. Just, just curious. Going to take a peek. We're going to take a peek at chat together. Uh... This is sweet. That's what you say every morning. I don't know if you're talking to me there. Uh, go out there. Go out there. Are you swim? And then you go up there and dry out. Yeah. Swim there. Dry out. The place looks badass. The only problem with that island is you have to sneak onto the club and the attendants yell at you. Okay. All right. That does suck. Bummer. Be cool about it, club members. I mean, how many kids do you think have snuck out there at night, had their first drink on those planks of wood? Got to be a lot. Just seems like the perfect summertime um, movie spot where kids go there, you know, have their first sips of beer, probably make out, jump in the water, get scared, get spooked. So this channel isn't just baseball anymore, I guess. Not the morning show. A lot of baseball, though. Still a lot of baseball. You want baseball? Here you go, dude. We're done with the island. And that's all I have to say about that. We'll move on to Gary Geiger. Don't know if I'm saying that right. Gary Geiger. Cool picture of him. Gary Geiger is said to have been one of the greatest what-ifs he was always hurt. He's always hurt. Someone said uh, he might he might have been he would have been the, one of the best players in the league if just his body was sound. Gary Geiger. He played for a bunch of different teams. He got traded like three times really early on, which isn't the best sign. But at 21, he broke in with Cleveland Indians in 1958. Uh, he was with the Cardinals in their minor league system. They traded him to the Indians. The Indians liked him, but the Indians wanted to trade with Boston for someone else. And Yawkey of Boston said, we want Geiger. And apparently, Geiger was Yawkey's favorite player. And when he got injured, Yawkey would bring him radios into the hospital and like hook him up with all the technology and all that. Uh, so apparently he was Yaki's favorite dude. He has no awards to his name, so that's a bummer. He never led the league in a single category. That's a bummer. But his career OPS is 98, slightly, ever so slightly below average. Not bad. His best season came in 1961 at age 24 for the Boston Red Sox. 756 OPS, 101 OPS plus, 87 walks, 16 stolen bases, 18 home runs. How about that? Did he ever play in a playoff game? Nope. He pitched. Oh, yeah, he was a pitcher. He was like a pitcher, and then in the minor leagues, they converted him. When he finally did get into pitch, he did pretty bad. 
Bomber. Bomber. There's something else about him. There's a cool story with uh, him and Ted Williams. Here it is. So, there was the game of the week, which took place in Boston, which meant, you know, Sunday night baseball, Wednesday night baseball. It was nationally broadcast, which, was you know, back then was huge because everyone liked baseball and everyone tuned into the national broadcast game, and you would meet players from around the world that you didn't get to watch every day. Ted Williams clearly was a great player that had a reputation for being amazing. So Ted Williams called for and caught a fly ball in medium left center and casually threw it back to the infield. He's playing left. Uh, Gary Geiger's playing center field. And Ted Williams calls him off, catches the ball, throws it back into the infield casually. The runner tags up from second to third. How the fuck? That's embarrassing, Ted. From second to third, and you caught the ball in left center? He must have thrown the ball in so lazily for a runner to tag up from second to third on the left fielder. He must have just lollipopped it into second base and not to third base. That makes no sense. Later in the game, a similar situation occurred, and although Ted called for it, Geiger, who was playing center field, called him off to prevent a runner to advance. He was like, hey, Ted, I know you're fantastic and all, but you embarrassed us last time, so I'm just going to call you off. I got it. After the game, Ted screamed at Geiger. Never embarrass me again on national television. Just screamed at him. It sounded like Ted embarrassed himself, though, and Geiger was trying to save him future embarrassment. Except for a few incidents like this, they were quite friendly, and Geiger appreciated how Williams would warn him when he was getting close to the wall. Wow. No warning track to that? Getting close to the wall, Gary! Wall, wall. Ted Williams, Ted Williams quote. Gary the wall. Let's see how he did against Hall of Famers. You guys know I like looking at that stat. Gary Geiger. You guys remember Nick Swartzen had his own Comedy Central show, skit show. It wasn't good, but I like Nick Swartzen, but it wasn't good. But he did one skit where he's like, I'm Gary Gaga, Lady Gaga's uncle. <laughs> Jake and I always fucking quote that. Gary Gaga. Gary Geiger reminds me of it. Versus pitcher. Choose a pitcher. Do, 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 do. Pitcher status. Hall of Famer. Get results. Let's see how Gary Geiger did against Hall of Famers. He faced a good amount. Jim Bunning, Earl Wynn, Hoyt Wilhelm, Whitey Ford, Robin Roberts, Don Drysdale, Bobby Gibson, Gaylord Perry, Fergie Jenkins, Juan Marichal, Don Sutton. All right, uh, Phil Necro. Two uh, two knuckleballers. Got two knuckleballers. How did he do against Hoyt Wilhelm? Crushed him. Crushed him. 1.196 OPS, 379 batting average, 438 on base percentage. Gary, Gary Geiger loved himself the knuckleball. Three home runs. Jim Bunning, he did pretty good against, too. Four home runs versus Bunning in, in 74 at-bats, 8-2-2 OPS. All right, well, who did he do the worst against? He got Whitey Ford. 
31 played against played appearances against Whitey Ford, only three hits and two walks. 16 Ks. Whitey Ford just crushed him. Take that, Gary. Strikeout, strikeout. Did he get any hits? In 1958, he got no hits against Whitey Ford. In 1959, he got no hits against Whitey Ford. Wow. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. So he's 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 zero for eleven, zero for twelve, zero for thirteen, zero for fourteen, zero for fifteen, zero for sixteen, zero for sixteen with a walk before he finally gets a hit off Whitey Ford. So one for seventeen, one for eighteen, two for nineteen. Get him, Whitey. Just crushed him. Was Gary was Gary Geiger a lefty? Is that why? Because Whitey's a lefty. Gary Geiger. He was a lefty. Probably adds up. Does add up? Not probably. It added up. We thought of it. I thought of it. And then I checked it, and then I was right. Added up. There's not much else about Gary Geiger. I couldn't find any pictures. I couldn't find any. Um, I couldn't find any videos of him. Couldn't find any footage. Couldn't find much. But he's buried in Pleasant Grove Memorial Park in Murfreesboro, Illinois. So, go visit him if you want. His full name was Gary Merle Geiger. From Sand Ridge, Illinois. Gary Geiger. Played for the Astros at the end of his career. And the Braves. How about that? Still getting eBay ads for cigarette vending machines. And now they've thrown in a Carol Baskin's Detroit Tigers or Carol Baskin's Tigers baseball card. Because why not eBay? Lump those all together. Tim Joyner says that that cemetery has great reviews, and I think he's just joking, but the idea of cemeteries having reviews makes me kind of happy, so now I'm going to look it up. Um, do, do they have it reviews? It looks like it. It looks like this place has not been reviewed yet, so way to bum us out. ESPN Jake joined the Periscope. Jake, you watching? He was. Jake said, big fan of you and Ted Kuzer. Lie. But, but Abe is Abe said he was excited for Ted Kuzer. Ted Kuzer is sad. Well, not sad. But the one I'm going to talk about today is sad. How about that? Bam. Juan Marichal was the man. Hall of Famer. How did Gary do against Juan Marichal? Someone on Facebook is very excited about Juan, what the fuck? It's not what I wanted to do. Uh, we already did all this. I don't know why I'm doing it again, but we are, and here we are. Get results. How did he do against Marichal? One for eight with a single and four walks. 
Not great. So, good for uh, Chris Rogers in the chat. Someone someone just, someone in uh, YouTube chat just wrote this comment, so now I have to play it. I'm not... That's all I have to say about that. Book of the day, as you guys saw, Ted Kuzer. I think we've done like a lot of Ted Kuzer recently, but I'm just reading him a lot. And I, I forgot to bring my other book down the shore, Swing Kings. So all I had was was this book of poems, a Ted Kuzer. We can do a random page or we can do one that I read. There was one that I read that was kind of sad, but it's like blows my mind how poets or Ted's brain works. So maybe I'll just do that. Ted Kuzer, sure signs. Um, Abe, that would be Chris Nolan exception. Sometimes I read the chat, but you guys are just talking amongst yourselves. Where the hell's this story? What the hell? I thought it was like the first one I read, but I was reading them in... Uh, in the wrong order, I guess. Do where the fuck is it? All right. Page 22 was the first page I saw if we do do that. But there was one. There was one that I saw. That I thought I was going to read. But I can't find it. That's the problem when you read books not in order and you just fucking flip around and I don't flag the page. I know this sucks because I'm live, but my brain works where if I don't like find this, I'm going to be pissed because now I feel like I I dreamt it. It was about, about snowbanks on the side of the road and how... God damn it, Jimmy, you piece of shit. Remember what you wanted to read and talk about. Bunch of bullshit right here. Can't remember a damn thing. Kidding me? Well, it was a poem that he wrote, striving on down the road, and he was looking out at the grass on the side of the road, and he saw that there were still some snow banks in the, in the grass, and, and basically in poem words, he's talking about how the only reason that those snowbanks still exist is because, you know, there's dirt being flung upon them from the cars that drive by. And then he equated it to old people in a really sad way that was like, you know, we don't stop and take care of them. We just throw dirt on them. And that's what keeps them cold he said they looked like homeless people in blankets laying down on the side of the road because there were white snowbanks with dirt thrown on them and it was sad and it was poignant and i was like wow how do you drive down the road and you see the snow and the you know that's like in spring and the snow's still hanging on and you think about that and you write it 
and now I can't remember the name of it, and I can't find it in the book, and I'm flipping through every page, and I'm getting more and more angry the more I can't find it, and it's not part of the show, and you guys surely don't care, but I can't get out of my own brain here, and I'm going to kill myself if I don't fucking find this. God damn it. God damn it. All right, I think I have to cave and give up. I literally just flipped through every page, and now I feel like I made this up. It just feels like I made this up. And I can't remember it. And everyone's annoyed. And everyone's thinking, just move on, Jimmy. No one cares anymore. But I can't get past it. Hmm. Well, you guys know what I'm going to do after I end this show. Anyway, page 22. Imagine if I flipped to page 22, which was the first page requested, and it's that fucking poem. That'd be crazy. Sitting in, sitting all evening alone in the kitchen. Page 22. Page 22. Sitting all evening alone in the kitchen. The cat has fallen asleep. The dull book of a dead moth Loose in his paws. Ugh. Fell asleep with a moth in his paws. The moon in the window, the tide gurgling out through the broken shells in the old refrigerator. Late, I turn on the lights. The little towns on top of the stove glow faintly neon. Sad women alone at the bar. I'm too upset about not being able to find the other poem to to think about this one. Cat has fallen asleep, the dull book of a dead moth loose in its paws. The moon in the window. The tide gurgling out through the broken shells in the old refrigerator. I turn out the lights. The little towns on top of the stove glow faintly neon. Like the dirty stove just glistening. Like grease and shit on it. I don't know. The other one was cooler. The other one was cooler. I can't find it. Sad. Just sad. Motherfucking poem, where are you? I read it at the beach, and then I thought about it for so long, and I didn't even mark it or do anything. I'm going to rip this damn book in half. Is this it? Nope, I'm done. I'm over it. Mad. Uh, okay. Reminds me of a country song. Yeah. He doesn't even know Lefty Grove. I'm trying to tune into the chat here, but the YouTube chat's pretty cool. You guys talk amongst yourselves, and then I try to figure it out. Um, you look majestic today. Thanks, MLB Marathon. It's a brand new shirt. Caitlin got it for me. It's very light. It looks nice. It feels nice. And I got brand new shorts on too. Did some shopping this weekend and, uh, you know, just took care of myself. So 
Big fan. Uh, sitting with an empty bottle of tequila watching the sun come up. Wow. That's Kevin Waldrop in Facebook. That's cool. Chris Rogers says, what is your opinion on the call by the Chicago news writer who says that the Texas Rangers should change their name because of past BS? The Texas Rangers should change their name just because, like, Texas Rangers. I mean, that that that's that's a little broad. Sure, Texas Rangers are part of some weird stuff, but, like, literally the name Texas Rangers isn't offensive. It's just kind of like a portion of what they did might be, but that would, that would like, you know, in the entire American history is terrible. So we can change our name because of the way our ancestors acted. I don't, I don't get the connection. Like is the name Ranger in and of itself offensive or is it just how they acted in the past? Rangers used to target African-Americans. I, yeah, I know that. And they, you know, a lot of Indians too. I know, but like, the name unto itself isn't offensive. So I don't get why you change the name. Um, otherwise, you literally have to change the name of everything ever. Jimmy, did you do the intro? Fuck, I don't think I did. Welcome to the morning. It's bite-sized bits of all the things I like. History, geography, baseball, books. Little secret hideouts for kids to get drunk on and Come of age in the summer sun. I like that a lot. We we did that today. Gary Geiger got uh, called off Ted Williams, who embarrassed himself, and then that embarrassed Ted even more. He got mad at Gary. Uh, I got mad at myself because I didn't flag the the poem I wanted to share. And, you know, still trying to come down from that, if we're all being honest. But I just looked at myself and realized that the green in the Taurus hat matches the green of the shirt. That's something I would never do, but a pretty, you know, happy accident. Serendipity. Just looked great today. Um, let's see. Gary, the wall and the lost poem of Ted Kuzer. Jill with the with the with the title. Let me send this to producer Luke. And then, uh, yeah, any, any other quick questions before I go? We got uh, Jake and I Monday, no John Boy and Jake radio today. So Jake and I will be recording some watching baggage, some watching uh, the other show we're doing with George Lopez. Take me out, take me home. And then we're recording a little laughs. We got talking Yanks tonight, make some breakdowns. I think that's it. Uh, all right. Why do 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 do? I think we're good. How's the nephew, Jim? Ah, oh, man, he's awesome. They're both awesome. I got two nephews, Ike. Ike's a little cutie, talking, repeating everything that you say because he's trying to teach himself all the words. Just like pretty cool to watch kids' brains work like that. And then a little Edison is a little baby and love chilling with little babies and holding babies. So spend a lot of time with Edison, sing a lot of songs to him. That's kind of what I do. I just sing songs, you know, Mr. Edison, Mr. Edison. He's the baby at the beach. He is pale and he is bald. He is sleeping at the beach. That was one of the songs I sang. So that's kind of was my weekend. 
Hopefully that's the next four days, July 4th, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, just holding Mr. Edison, singing songs to him. That's what I, that's what I like to do. Let me go back to uh, Delta Spirit. Start playing that. We'll head out. Um, Jimmy, you a Tom Waits fan? Check out The Heart of Saturday Night. It's a life-changing awesome. Okay. I will. Gaslight Anthem uses that line in my favorite song with them. We are the heart of Saturday night in uh, blue jeans and white t-shirts. Gaslight Anthem does homages to a lot of stuff. But yeah, that's definitely a line in there. Um, yeah, we are the boys from Little Eden. We are the heart of Saturday night, which is interesting because... All right, so in that... Uh, pauses. In that Gaslight Anthem lyric, we are the boys from Little Eden. He's kind of shouting out Springsteen, right? Springsteen always called that place Little Eden and all that. And then the very next line, he says, we are the heart of Saturday night, which is a Tom Waits, um, Tom Waits reference. So now right off the bat, you got two references right away. And the song is all about Asbury Park. And Tom Waits originally wrote the song Jersey Girl, which Bruce Springsteen made famous by covering and adding his own verse. So... How about that? All three intertwined. New Jersey, Gaslight Anthem, Tom Waits, Bruce Springsteen. We are the boys from Little Eden. We are the heart of Saturday nights. It all comes together. You ever seen the video of Tom Waits doing an interview in Australia? And it sounds just like um, Heath Ledger's Joker. People think that that's where he got the, uh, the idea from, to have him talk like that and constantly licking his lips. Sounds just like Tom Waits in some interview. Cool. All right. I'm out. Big day. Hopefully we have the new graphic I showed you guys on Friday. We'll definitely have it by next week, but maybe the next two shows we'll we'll practice. It'll be a practice week since this is a short week. We'll practice with the new graphic, get it figured out, and then after July 4th we should have it and it should be good to go. Cool. See you guys. Have a fantastic Monday.